0: Good morning. I'm Debbie Wagner. I'm the liturgist today. Grace to you and peace from God, the creator, and from Jesus Christ, our teacher and redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you are here in person or are they joining by Zoom? Okay, those of you in the midst by Zoom, we are glad you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew That wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Just one quick note you will notice that this is not Kyle. (laughs) Kyle is home with the flu. Thank you, Kyle, for staying home with the flu. (laughs) And Elena has uh, graciously stepped in to uh, help us out this morning with our worship. Now as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Mm-hmm. O oh Lord, who may abide in your tent?
1: Who may dwell in your holy hill? Those
0: who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 611. disciples, those who are poor and meek, those who are hungry and thirsty, those who are reviled and persecuted, to be a blessing for the world. Number us among those saints that we may serve your purpose and share the blessing through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, our God is a merciful and loving God. Let us confess our sins, for the Holy One delights in blessing those who seek to walk with God. Let us pray. God of compassion, we are overwhelmed by the struggles of life. We hunger and thirst for righteousness, but find ourselves feeling empty. We grieve in seasons of loss, Feel hopeless and lost. We want to show mercy, but we hold on to old resentments. We want to make peace, but we don't even know where to begin. Come with your wisdom and guide us in your ways. Renew us and inspire us to live faithfully as you walk beside us. Amen. And hear us as we confess to you in the silence of our own hearts. Friends, Jesus speaks words of blessing to those who struggle, offering joy and gladness each and every day.
1: Thanks be to God, for a life. Amen.
0: Jesus said, Blessed are those who make peace. They will be called children of God. Children of God, share signs of peace with one another, that peace would blossom and grow for the sake of the kingdom. Peace be with you this day and And always.
1: always.
2: Amen. For those of you who perhaps came in a little bit later, you will recognize that I am not your pastor. Um, I am his wife who is stepping in to lead worship today because he is home with the flu. Um, Thankfully, the rest of us are feeling just fine, but... um, we're going to put my seminary education to good work today. So, <laughs> peace to everyone. And at this time, I think I will invite Trudy up for two cents a meal.
3: Well, we're all children of God. And um, I think at At this time with starting the new year, it's really important that we remember the blessings that we have had as children of God and as we have received. And, you know, I was thinking about the um, economic challenges that we're all having and the cost of food and our ability to really have have the luxury that many countries don't have of being able to go to a grocery store or a local family market to be able to get our food. And as we start this new year, We all need to be mindful of being able to help others in whatever way we can, and our two cents a meal does that. So I would like a few of God's children to come forward and help us to collect the two cents a meal. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. (laughs) It may seem like a little thing, this penny, Um, but if we think back, you know, in Scripture, to the widow's mite and the the least coin. You know, when I joined PW, we had um, the least coin offering, and we still do. Meaning that pennies mount up. There we go. Build hospitals. Pardon me? Least coin builds hospitals. Yes, it does. Least coin does build hospitals. ready? I'm ready. Oh, that's exactly right. Peter, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Please pray with me. That's okay, I'll wait till you get back. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Lord, thank you for this, this church where we can come to worship you, although we don't need to be here to worship you, but thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for this first collection of the new year. Bless these monies to help those in our community as well as those far flung all over the world that we don't know. We thank you for the blessings that you have given us. And this is just a small token to give back. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: to listen for God's word in the reading of today's scripture. Holy God, your blessings are abundant, and your wisdom exceeds our grasp. Fill us with your spirit as we hear your word this day, that we may be justice seekers and peacemakers, sharing your life among those who are forgotten, weak, or persecuted, and revealing to all your glory. Amen. Our psalter lesson this morning is Psalm 15, the Psalm of David. Who shall abide in God's sanctuary? O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. Who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends nor heap shame upon their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest, who do not take a bribe against the innocent, those who do these things shall be, never be moved. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together hymn number 172. And you're right, that's not in your bullet.
1: <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. <laughs>
2: Lesson from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, A word of God for the people of God. God. When Kyle was a kid, like that little editing I did there? (laughs) When Kyle was a kid, he loved collecting National Geographic magazines. For a while, their family had a subscription. And he loved adding each new issue to his bookshelf where a spine, a wall of yellow spines just grew and grew. He loved flipping through each issue to gaze longingly at the gorgeous pictures of faraway lands and people. Now he admits he rarely read the articles, preferring instead to let the pictures tell the stories that would stoke his desire for travel exploration, and adventure. Each week when Kyle is putting the liturgy together for worship, one of the last things on his list is to look for an image for the cover of the bulletin. One of his first stops is the digital collection for the Vanderbilt Divinity Library in Nashville. Their catalog contains thousands of images, searchable by scripture reference and date in the lectionary. So, when he typed in fourth Sunday after the epiphany, he expected to find some sweet, peaceful images of Jesus on a mountain, teaching his disciples who would be sitting raptly at his feet, gazing adoringly at him. Okay, he did actually find a lot of pictures like that, I'll be honest. But he also saw and he was immediately transfixed by the image that he ended up going with. This picture was taken by Dorothea Lange in 1940, just south of Chandler, Arizona. Its title is Children in a Democracy. The note on the back of your bulletin reads, a migratory family living in a trailer in an open field no sanitation, no water. They came from Amarillo, Texas, pulled bulls near Amarillo, Texas, picked cotton near Roswell, New Mexico, and in Arizona, planned to return to Amarillo at close of cotton picking season for work on WPA. Well, that short note is compelling and it gives us a lot of information, but the image itself Also tells a story. The woman is holding a baby while three children linger behind her. She wears all the hallmarks of exhaustion, but as you can see, she remains staunchly stoic. The children are dirty and covered in dust, and their possessions are clearly meager and sparse. They are what I imagine to be the very incarnation of the word meek. Now, there's a danger anytime the Beatitudes come up in the lectionary because we've heard these words over and over again, and tradition has over-sentimentalized the sayings of Jesus. So they've lost a bit of their spirit. There's a danger that they'll become watered down and don't have much meaning for us, beyond beautiful wall hangings in our living room. Or, perhaps we've heard them so often that we have lost the power to actually believe in them. It's a pretty simple and easy trap to get stuck in, because it's subtle. We read or hear these words, believing that Jesus is setting up for us the conditions of blessing, rather than actually blessing his hearers. When we hear the Beatitudes, it's hard for us to not hear Jesus as setting out all the terms and conditions under which we might be blessed. For instance, we hear, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we think, Am I pure in spirit? Am I pure enough in spirit? What can I do to become more pure in spirit? Or we'll hear, blessed are the peacemakers, and we think, yes, I really really should be more committed to making peace. At least with blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, we have the assurance of knowing that on those occasions when we are mourning, we will be comforted. But to be perfectly honest, and if you'll pardon the pun, that's a relatively small comfort. Because the truth is, we don't want to mourn. And hearing this beatitude doesn't make us any more eager for additional mourning. Ditto for being persecuted. (laughs) See, we tend to believe that these words are law, and therefore they're about our personal responsibility— if I sacrifice just a little bit more, maybe I can get to that right level of being pure in spirit. But that misses a larger and much more important point. So we can begin by reframing our understanding of these words by recognizing that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. We all know that, but bear with me. You see, he spoke these exact words in that exact time and space on that exact mountain intentionally for a reason. For the disciples that he was teaching, and for us as readers, Jesus' journey up the mountain to impart wisdom is an allusion to another person, another teacher, Moses, who went up a mountain, Sinai, to give the Ten Commandments. See, Jesus wanted his disciples. He wants us to make that connection. Jesus is a master storyteller, but remember, he didn't always use words. So when we watch him or read about him making that hike up to the summit, we go in with this almost subconscious expectation that we're going to hear words of law, words of commandments, just like we did with Moses. But Jesus flips everything on its head. Instead of getting a bunch of thou shalt upon thou shalt, this famous sermon sorry gives us a different kind of list. Blessed are. Blessed are. Blessed are. Too often, we do take this as law. And yes, sometimes it's true that if we are merciful, we will indeed receive mercy. But this is not a prescription for what ails us. Jesus instead is describing how things already are. When I was in Israel just a few weeks ago, one of the most amazing moments of my life was taking communion on the Mount of Beatitudes. And the person, the reverend who led us in communion, had us read these beatitudes. And instead of saying, blessed are, he reminded us that the original translation is closer to, close to God are. Close to God are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Close to God are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Jesus is saying that these people are already blessed of God. They are already close to God. God already looks upon them with favor. God's eye is already on them. This, says Jesus, this is the way that things are already right now. Even if we don't see it. Jesus is describing the already and the not yet, this tension that we as believers have to live in. He's telling us a story about God's kingdom and about those who will be exalted in it. But he is also saying that those people, the meek, the powerless, the merciful, the peacemaker, they are already blessed. Those same people we see every day in our world, them, us. We are already looked upon with favor by God. So, if Jesus is telling a story in this Beatitudes that describes reality, what world do they describe? Certainly not ours. Blessed are the meek, says Jesus. But in our world, the meek don't get the land. They get left holding worthless crumbs. Blessed are the merciful, says Jesus. But in our world, we'll tolerate your mourning for a little while, and then we'll ask you to pull yourself together and move on. Blessed are the pure in heart, says Jesus. But in our world... Those people are dismissed as being naive. Blessed are the peacemakers. But in our world, those who pursue peace or teach nonviolence or march against nuclear weapons or protest the death penalty, they have their patriotism called into question. To which of these blessings do our national leaders refer to when they insist that God bless America? None of them. Our national creed seems to be one of optimism, not mourning, confidence, not poverty of spirit, and abundance, not hunger or thirst of any kind. we look at the pictures like the one in our bulletin this morning and we either relegate it to a time in the distant past when things were not so good. Or, worse, we can have a tendency to create a false narrative. Well, it's her fault for making poor choices, or for not going to college, or for not being better with money, or Insert narrative here. Beloved family of God, Jesus is painting for us a story this morning. And it's a story of the beautiful, upside-down gospel of the kingdom of God. And so we must resist the urge to live by the gospel of American culture. I'm going to repeat that. Jesus is telling us the story of the beautiful, upside-down gospel of the kingdom of God. And so we must resist the urge to live by the gospel of American culture. Blessed are the well-educated, for they will get the good jobs. What verse is that? Blessed are the well-connected, for their aspirations will not go unnoticed. Blessed are you when you look out for you, number one. Okay, I'm teasing. But think about this. This kind of thinking is something we all grew up on. We were all taught it, even subconsciously. It was ingrained in all of us, and we all, at some point or another, have believed it. Maybe we still believe it. Maybe we think we need to work and strive and sacrifice more and more in order to be accepted by God. And this morning he says, no. Blessed are you. Close to God are you already. Anthropologist Margaret Mead once asked an audience what is the earliest sign of civilization is it a clay pot tools agriculture it was none of those things the earliest sign of civilization was a healed leg bone see in competitive and savage societies you would never find a healed leg bone. There you would find clues of violence, temples pierced by arrows, skulls crushed. But that healed femur showed that someone, at some time, must have cared for that injured person. Someone would have hunted on his behalf, brought him food, protected him, served him even at their own personal sacrifices. Savage societies, they can't afford such pity, but community, the beloved community, community is all about helping one another. See, here Mead is speaking of the point when a new story began to be written in human development. When the old narratives of savagery and violence were suddenly replaced by mercy and sacrifice. And that's the story that Jesus tells. In these Beatitudes, Jesus is pointing us to this larger story, the richer, fuller, deeper, better story. And he's inviting us to share in its telling, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, that the whole world might be blessed through us. Amen. Amen. Now I invite you to rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in our invitation to discipleship. Consider your calling. God isn't looking for disciples who are famous for their wisdom, feared for their might, or honored for their status. God chooses the foolish, the weak, and the despised, that we might rejoice in the wisdom, of God, power, and the glory of Jesus Christ our Lord. Consider your calling. Come. And join us in following Jesus. Amen.
0: Just a reminder that at the close of worship, we would invite all of you to remain and uh, for the annual meeting of the uh, Congregation and Corporation of Hamilton Union, the Reverend David Bennett, who is the stated clerk of the Albany Presbytery, will be arriving at pretty soon, I'm sure, sure. Um, and he will be moderating since Kyle is unable to. Beloved, what does the Lord require of us? Burnt offerings or rivers of oil? The fruits of our bodies for the sins of our souls? No, God has shown us what is good with justice, kindness, and humility. Let us offer our lives to the Lord. God, you give us all we need. You ask only for faithful living in return. We bring these gifts to you today that they may support your work of justice. Through this offering, we commit ourselves to do justice, embrace faithful love, and walk humbly with you. Amen.
2: this time, I would ask if there are any joys or concerns that we can lift up together as a congregation this morning. I will ask for prayers for my husband. (laughs) Um, He is not a very good patient. (laughs) And he devolves into like a two-year-old child when he's sick. So it's fun in our house. Um, But also my mother-in-law, she also got sick the day before we left Florida to come home and then Kyle woke up with it yesterday. So the two of them are just misery loves company. (laughs) That's all I'll say. And if you're watching this, honey, I'm sorry. (laughs) But any others? Joys, concerns? Ray. Oh. Maybe in rehab, maybe home. We're not sure yet what will happen, but it's about time. <laughs> Yes, we are excited. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Ray just lifts up her joy that her surgery is finally scheduled and um, that the congregation is going to be just coming together to help support her and Fred. <laughs> um, yeah, but mostly Ray, right? <laughs> uh, just in this time
0: of healing, so... Uh, Debbie. Um, Prayers for my uh, friend Karen's mother. Uh, She's 90, lives in Florida, um, and fell uh, a week ago and is now in rehab. She's doing pretty well, but the real prayers are for the family to be able to come together to make a decision about what happens next. Mm -hmm. Um, There's six of them. Decision-making by
1: committee is always so
0: helpful.
2: <laughs> As Presbyterians, we don't know anything no, about that.
0: No.
2: <laughs> um, so Debbie lifts up her friend Karen's mom, mm-hmm. uh, who is 90 and lives in Florida, and she fell. Uh, she is in rehab, but the family just needs to make some decisions together. So, Anyone else? Chandra? Uh, according to
3: the newspaper,
2: So Chandra is praying there are some rumors circulating that there are going to be some mass layoffs coming. Um, And so she doesn't know if that's going to affect her family, but also just a reminder that people in our communities are more than numbers, more than statistics. And when those layoffs come, families are are wondering, how can we feed our kids? How can we heat our house? Um, So just a good reminder of the humanity.
1: Bruce. Um, a joy that it appears that our tech team was able to get Zoom. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>!
2: <laughs> I was wondering what was going on back there, but I didn't I want to interrupt know. the process. <laughs> um,
1: just to, I'm sorry if you were disruptive, but. No, home no home. it is
2: urgent, and it was not disruptive at all. And thank you for your hard work and your dedication, our entire tech team. You guys are amazing. I, you make this happen. So thank you. Any others? Mary Ann. Wonderful. (laughs) So, um, a a joy that uh, Michael's thesis is almost done. Um, Just a couple minor edits, and it should be available for approval, and that's wonderful. Uh, But we also lift up her brother, Peter, and his family. Um, He is the caretaker for many in the family, and he's also got a few things going on. Um, As well, her sister, who was supposed to have surgery, but It's now been postponed. That waiting is not fun. I'm sorry. Any others?
3: I'd like to thank everyone.
2: True joy. Everyone who has come together to pray to help um, Vern is now walking. <laughs> that is wonderful. It, it might not be quick, but you know you're getting around. That's a joy, absolutely.
1: Others,
3: yes, Trudy. And I would just like to um, thank everybody in the congregation for their prayers um, this week. And. So far, um, with the death updated, that things have gone smoothly. Um, they accepted my report to the local and to the Board of Pensions. Wonderful. So, you know, uh, I just want to handle that part of it for the family. So, <clears throat> so just but a, the prayers have been felt.
2: Yeah, a, a testament to the power of prayer and how Trudy um, and her family really have all just felt surrounded by the prayers of we who love them. Um, so we'll keep praying. Any more? All right. Let's turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, you have laid before us a path of wholeness. You have called us to genuine community, to love and to care for one another. You have given us the gift of fellowship that we might help and support one another. God, we thank you for those testaments of care and fellowship and love that we have heard this morning as we surround those who are grieving in our congregation with prayer, as we work to help support Ray as she is finally getting her surgery as um, we have circled around Fern and just been there to help and support and love her, and we, we thank you that she is getting around much easier now. Lord, this place is a family full of your love and kindness, and we thank you for those, those good news, th- that good news that we have heard this morning. God, we also recognize that all of creation overflows with your love. There is no prayer that we could offer that is not already close to your heart. So we offer these prayers this morning, knowing that you hear them, with hope that in saying these things out loud, our hearts would be renewed in love for all you have made. And for those prayers that we do not speak out loud, we trust that you hear them, that you know them, that you see them, and we trust them to your loving care. We pray for your earth, God, where we have contributed to the ravishing of your creation. We pray that you would give us awareness and that you would forgive us. Give us the desire to live wisely as good stewards, taking only what we need rather than blindly squandering what is not ours to begin with. We pray for those who are caught in the bind of economic hardship. We pray for those who are suffering unemployment, underemployment. We pray for Chandra and all those in her company as they face rumors of layoffs, the stress that just can creep in as you start to question what if, what if. Lord, we pray for all those in our community who either are unemployed or do not make a living wage, and we pray that you would be with them and meet their every need. We pray for those who are waiting in fear to see what their future is going to hold. We pray for Karen's mom and her family as they have to come together and make decisions we pray that you would be with them and give them wisdom and discernment god we pray for mary ann's family for peter for her sister lord we pray that you would be with them in the waiting and that they would have an awareness of your presence lord and that you would make the outcome good Ease. All of our anxieties, Lord, remind us that you hold us with such care, such tenderness, such gentleness. God, we pray for our own community. Show us places where we may be of service, where we may start living that new and better story that you have called us to. Open our eyes to those who are experiencing homelessness or suffering from addiction To those who suffer from mental and emotional illness, we pray for victims of violence, gun violence in particular. Heal our country, God. Help us to bring your shalom, your peace. To that end, we also pray for your church, God. Strengthen the ties that bind us to each other, And speak your word to us, so that through us we might be able to bring your hope to a hurting world. We pray for the Presbyterian Church. We pray for our own congregation here as we soon will embark in our annual congregational meeting. God, make us in the image of your kingdom and help us to follow your way. We pray this and all of our prayers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing our final hymn, six twenty three. more quick reminder that immediately following worship, we will be having our congregational meeting moderated by Reverend David Bennett, stated clerk. So after the benediction, please take a seat, enjoy the prelude. If you are on Zoom, welcome back to being with us and just hang out there in Zoom land for a minute, Um, and then David will be up to get us started. But for now, beloved family of God, no matter where life takes you, God is with you. You are close to God. Go from this place filled with joy, trusting the blessings promised by our God, the bestower of faithful love. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen. Amen.